Hey, what's up? This is Corey Dion Lewis, clinical health coach and host of the Healthy Project podcast. Now, the research shows that social determinants can have a greater impact on your health more than healthcare or lifestyle choices. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss how to improve health and reduce health inequity by speaking to healthcare professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, give it a review. Or you can also make a donation to The Healthy Project using the link in the description. It takes 30 seconds and it's super easy. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now let's get started. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Healthy Project Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Dion Lewis. Uh, I have a great guest with us today. Shouldn't be new to you because she's been hosting The Healthy Project Podcast for the past what month. Um, so uh, we have Krisha with us today. I'll be flipping it on her and she'll be the guest just to go over what um, what it's been like the past you know month or so. So uh, Krisha, thank you for being on with me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Corey. I'm excited to be on the other side of the table this morning. <laughs> yes, this is really, really fun. So you know, before we get into talking about my city, um, your experience and, and just kind of the conversation that we're going to have today. How about you tell the people a little bit more about yourself and what gets you up in the morning? Yeah, of course. So I'm a junior at the University of Iowa, majoring in psychology, and I'm also minoring in gender, health, and healthcare equity on the pre-med track. And I've really enjoyed my minor especially because I feel like I've come to a greater understanding of the convoluted intersections between gender, race, and class, and sexuality in regards to healthcare. And I kind of hope to use this knowledge to achieve my ultimate goal of becoming a psychiatrist and increasing the quality of care for underrepresented populations in the community. And some things that I currently do to help me reach this goal is volunteering with mobile clinics, as well as free mental health clinics to support patients who unfortunately do not have access to essential health care services. And it's important to remember that for many people, these free resources are their only source of health care. No, that's real. And you, you brought up something um, that I really appreciate about your, your journey here and, and the intersections between a lot of the concerns that are in the healthcare, you know, gender, um, all of those things that you're focusing on right now. Uh, but with all of that, what does, you know, it brings up that health equity piece. What does health equity mean to you with all of your, um, what you're doing, what you're focusing on right now? And what does health equity mean to you? Yeah, to me, health equity means that everyone has an equal and fair opportunity to be the healthiest version of themselves. And I felt like, um, my interest in health equity especially started during the COVID-19 pandemic, especially because a lot of minority populations, they were negatively impacted as well as everyone, but the impacts were greatest amongst some. And especially my interest is with mental health. And I have a personal connection with that because I feel that mental health is commonly stigmatized in Asian American cultures which can influence people's abilities to seek out mental health services and resources. And I was raised in an Indian culture, and I've experienced the stigmatization of mental health, which has kind of reinforced my interest of working 
and the Asian American community in the future. I want to help others by letting them know that it's not a sign of weakness to reach out for help, but rather it shows strength. And I hope to use my personal experiences to bear on these goals. Yeah. You know, when we look at mental health, for that, that's, that's awesome. And not only that, but having the representation within these fields, that is a, a huge barrier, not within, you know, we talk a lot about it within the healthcare space with providers and having representation with um, doctors and primary care clinics and things like that, but also representation in the mental health space, having someone that can relate to cultures, right? Like you're talking about your culture and wanting to really be, um, uh, a comfort for those in the Asian community and understanding that culture within the black culture as well, mental health or seeking help is still seen as a weakness in some, you know, some spaces. Um, and, and it's getting better, right? You know, it, it's getting better. More people are coming out and uh, talking about mental, mental health, but um, representation really will allow that to continue to grow. So that's great. That is the track that you're going on um, and really sparks your interest in health equity. So being a part of the Healthy Project and My City, My Health, where health equity is really kind of the, the core, the heart of everything that we do. Tell us a little bit about um, what got you excited about being a part of uh, My City, My Health uh, and the Healthy Project and some of the things you've learned from uh, some of the, the interviews that you've done? Yeah, so I was really excited to join the My City, My Health team this past semester because I felt like I was able to put into practice some of the things that I've been learning in the classroom. And I really enjoyed being part of the podcast because I've been able to hear multiple different perspectives from other people. And it kind of has given me hope that there's many individuals that are working towards this common goal of reducing healthcare disparities. And it's also been really fun being part of a podcast because I've never done anything like this before. <laughs> right. So, so walk me through that preparing, you know, it's to, to me, you know, and I'm, I'm a full fledged adult and preparing for an interview to interview another professional, there was a little bit of anxiety and the stress of trying to prepare for that. So walk me through how you, how you prepared to um, interview people from different professions and still have a very valuable uh, conversation. Yeah, it definitely was a bit overwhelming at first because I didn't really know what to expect, but I always started off by doing some research on the person that I was going to be having a conversation with and trying to come up with questions that I felt like would provide like a meaningful discussion. And the biggest thing that I wanted from my podcast interviews was for the audience to feel like they had something they could walk away with, like something mm. that they could do to get involved with reducing these healthcare disparities. Absolutely. Was there anything um, that you were able to walk away from just from your, your research and just from the conversations that you had? Yeah. From everyone that I'd spoken with, the biggest thing they all said was, this is a big issue that can't be solved overnight. But the important thing mm -hmm. is that we get started. So it's important to just do take one step. It can be really small. For example, you can just have a conversation about health equity, do a bit of research or support organizations that are doing work in this area, such as My City, My Health. 
but it's important to just get started. Yes, that's that is so true. And uh, from just doing some, you know, research just for our conversation today, and you've kind of spoken about your nonprofit and the help that you're trying to do. But you know, I would I would like to talk to you about that because when I when I did my research on you, I knew you played tennis, but you was out here playing tennis, like you were for real, for real. <laughs> so so tell me, you know what what sparked that you know what was it that sparked your interest in um taking a sport that you love but in um spreading it out to other people and then having that be a part of your journey tell me about that yeah so i've been playing tennis for many many years <laughs> but when i was a freshman in high school um gene hillsman who worked at the front desk at our tennis club was diagnosed with breast cancer and my friend and i we've known her since we're really little, and she's bent the world to us. And we wanted to do something to support her during this really difficult time. So we came up with the idea of creating a fundraiser in her name, and we thought it would be a right way to honor her and show her that the tennis community is there supporting her every single step of the way. So we organized this tennis tournament and had all the local tennis members play in it. And from the fundraiser, we were able to raise enough money to move Jean into a nursing home and also raise awareness for breast cancer. And we kind of realized from that, we didn't want this to be a one-time thing. So we founded Club Kids for a Cause in 2018. And fast forward five years, this initial fundraiser has turned into a semi-annual USTA-sanctioned tennis tournament, and we've raised over $35,000 to support cancer patients in the state and also um, continue to raise awareness for different types of cancers. And these tournaments are what initially uh, sparked my interest in pursuing a career in healthcare. Wow. And that, that is so, that's just amazing. And taking the, the age out of it, right. Cause everybody's like, wow, for being so young to be able to do that, which is, which is great. I mean, it, it is, but just taking the age out of it, it's, I, I can see where this um, can lead you during, down a, down a journey of, I want to continue to, to help more people. Like now just, just imagine you, you were able to help this woman that meant so much to you, but just just thinking about all the people you've been able to help how does it what does that feel like like knowing that you and a friend out of your mind created something that so many people have been able to um be blessed by you know what i mean like how does that feel it's honestly one of my favorite things that i do cuz i feel like i'm able to use the sport i love for something like bigger than the sport itself just by helping others out and my favorite thing is, is that we're kind of shaping the next generation of tennis players to get involved with our organization because we have a subcommittee, which is comprised of um, high school age and some University of Iowa students, mm-hmm. and they're kind of getting involved in the tournaments as well. And it makes me really excited that we're like getting so much more people involved. And for example, we have our next tournament in January at Drake. So it's been kind of fun, like getting in the planning stages of that one. Oh, it's going to be in Des Moines. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Let me know. I would love to come and just check it out and support any way I can. Yes, of course. Yeah. So that leads to my, my next question. So 
a college student, have a successful nonprofit that you're doing great work with, um, going into the mental space, uh, that's your, your future goals. Um, but how do you, with everything that you're doing as a college student, and just say you're speaking to another, there's a college student right now listening to this conversation. How do you maintain your, um, your mental health? How do you maintain your anxiety? What are some of the things that you do that kind of help you stay on track and um, keep your brain healthy during these times? Yeah, college is hard. It, sometimes <laughs> it can be a little bit difficult to maintain your mental health, but there are some things that I really enjoy doing. For example, I like to work out. It releases like a lot of stress. And I feel like I've become more comfortable being open about my mental health. Like I'll have those conversations with people when I'm struggling a little bit. And I kind of just promote conversation around mental health because it's important for people to realize that it is okay to not be okay all the time. Right. So exercise and promoting conversation. I really like that, how you said that promoting conversation because, um, you know, right right now I'm on the board for um, the Iowa Healthy State uh, is doing their, we're organizing our campaign for the, the make, the make it okay campaign, like the mental health campaign. And one of the things that we're noticing from the past uh, campaign they did with, you know, YouTube videos and commercials and things like that, it was all about having that conversation and how uncomfortable that can be. And I, I'm really, I really like how, you know, you can take something that's really, really hard uh, to have, but also understand like, Hey, it's, it's okay to have this conversation. Right. And, and by promoting that conversation, you're getting more people to be like, Oh, okay. This is okay. So now it's giving that other person power to talk about their struggles, you know, and then now they'll take that to someone else. And I feel like just having the conversation outside of exercise, which is super, super, important and to me anyway, like, you know, for mental health and all the other things you can do in the world, just having the conversation, especially how we've been talking about how that conversation is kind of um, unspoken in different cult in some cultures is so important to do. And I feel like your generation of people, your generation is, does that a lot better than most. Yeah. Especially with like the pandemic, like, everyone's been struggling. We're like, we kind of, for example, for me, like the pandemic started when I was a senior in high school. So I was like transitioning to this next phase of my life in this like really uncertain time, like starting college. And right. Things like that. So it's a lot of like uncertain things were happening, but it was really important to let others know like how you're feeling. And it is okay to be anxious and not really like know what to do all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that really helped me, honestly, with my city, my health, that helped me get through some of the stressful times of organizing a conference is I had, you know, I had people that were around me that were comfortable with having the conversation. So whenever I would get just super stressed out about it, I didn't have to lash out or, be frustrated. I can talk to a friend of mine and be like, man, I am stressed. And they would listen and that would really help to be able to 
keep my mind on what I was focusing on. You, you know what I mean? And there was a lot of work that went into it. So being able to have those outlets of safety, like someone you, you felt safe with that you can say, hey, I'm struggling right now with this and I got work and I have all these things going on. And it was it was very reassuring. Some of the times they didn't really say anything back, but like, hey, you got this. I got you. You know what I mean? But you don't really need a whole lot when you're expressing yourself um, with someone in a safe space. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And like, um, I really enjoy like helping others. So I kind of volunteer as a crisis counselor right now. And something that I really learned is that like advocating for the texter's needs has taught me how important feeling heard and supported is for giving people that sense of stability when everything else seems to be falling apart. Yeah, no, that, that that's real. Do you do you feel like is that through the university you do that with, or is that a separate? Um, it's through Crisis Text Line. Oh, okay, great, great. I think that would be that's just. Um, so, what have you learned from that? Like, I know you're helping people, but what are some of the the from the conversations and the people that you're speaking with? Is there any takeaways that you you get from that? Like, okay, this is this aspect of mental health I'm seeing more often, you know, in these conversations are 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 they just kind of all over the place? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people sometimes feel like their feelings are not valid just because what they think what they're going through is like too small. But it's important mm-hmm. still, like. And I've learned the importance of like listening to other people and kind of hearing their story. Right, right. And just listening to their story. No, that's good. That's good. Krisha, now I know this is, you're just a junior. You got a whole lot to do. But where do you see, this is like your stereotypical like interview interview question, Lord Jesus. But where (laughs) do you see your profession, you know, in the future, where do you see yourself, you know, doing, um, and on, on a bigger scale? Cause I, I feel like with someone like yourself and in your ambitions, you can do so much, but what do you, what do you, where do you see yourself, you know, in the future? Yeah. So like I mentioned earlier, I really do hope to be a psychiatrist and I kind of want to increase representation in that field, especially in regards to Asian American health. So I want to kind of focus on like stress stigma and access to like access um to healthcare to make sure that everyone has that equal shot particularly in regards to mental health for example like asian americans they're three times less likely to seek out mental health care compared to their white counterparts which shows this huge discrepancy so i really want to determine the necessary resources to help improve the quality and access of healthcare for all minority populations. No, that's dope. That's dope. I really appreciate that. Well, hey, Krisha, again, thank you for being a great host of the Healthy Project podcast. I was very anxious to hand it over to a, a student at first, but you did so well. Um, and the the people, the feedback that I've been getting just from people listening, um, really 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 positive uh so so it was great so thank you for that anybody listening that wants to learn more about you follow your your journey to uh being a a dope psychiatrist where can they where can they find you where can they reach you 
Yeah, so my Instagram is just Krisha Kieran, and I post regularly there. Perfect. Well, I will uh, put that in the description of this episode. Um, again, thank you so much. Um, I'm sure I'll be seeing you in April when we do My City, My Health, Iowa City. Um, so, um, everyone, thank you for listening to the Healthy Project podcast. I'll highlight you next time.